Before you listen, we have some news. College Diabetes Network rebranded to the Diabetes Link. Will Jeanette is here with more information. So the College Diabetes Network is now the Diabetes Link. We are really excited to introduce our organization as we remain the organization for young adults affected by diabetes. The chapter network is not going anywhere. We are still here to serve young adults who are in college, but we are very excited to be expanding our range of services and our community to include students and young adults who are not in college, as well as young adults with all forms of diabetes. Please connect with us on our website to learn more. And with that, please make sure to listen to this episode to find out how you can start a chapter with the Diabetes Link. You are listening to episode 157 of This is Type 1. Today, we're finding out how to start a College Diabetes Network chapter with Will Jeanette and Mary Jane Roach. Hi, guys. (laughs) Yeah, so let's have you introduce yourselves. Let's start with Will and then go to Mary Jane. Awesome. Yeah, my name is Will. I was diagnosed with Type 1 in February of my senior year of high school. So CDN was one of the first organizations I found as I was doing some frantic post-diagnosis Googling and trying to figure out how I was going to navigate that whole learning how to be diabetic and going to college thing in six months. So I found their off-to-college guide and held on to it for dear life. I think I have the original copy somewhere in my house and it's in absolute tatters and like highlighted and, and drawn in and everything. But when I got to school in the fall, I wanted to give back to the organization. And so I started a CDN chapter which we're going to talk a little bit more about later. But that's sort of my background of how I how I came to be part of CDN. And I was diagnosed when I was 21. So I was actually a senior in college at the time. Definitely was not part of my plans for senior year at the time. But I think in the long run, it turned out to be kind of a blessing in disguise because it helped me find this amazing community of people with type 1 diabetes. And while there was a chapter at my school, I was not really ready to join it. It was so overwhelming, but I kind of lurked in the background. I was always curious what they were up to. But my real connection to CDN is that I utilize their resources for young professionals. So as I was applying to jobs after I graduated, I was using those resources. And actually, through the website is how I ended up getting this position. So it all came together in the end. Awesome. Well, that's really cool, you guys. So give us a little bit of background on the organization and how it kind of got started and what it is today. Of course. So originally, the organization started back in 2009 when our founder and CEO, Christina Roth, started the very first chapter of the organization. And she was really looking for that element of peer support because she knows that living with diabetes can be really challenging, especially during those big life transitions. And since then, it has grown into a nonprofit. And we're really the only organization in the diabetes space that specifically supports young adults. So that's 17 to 26-ish year old age group. The three main focuses of our org, we have peer support, like our chapter network and our online communities. We also have lots of educational resources, ranging from those who are first diagnosed in college, not in college, young professionals, as well as leadership opportunities for young adults. So really, whatever is happening for people at this age, whether they're getting a job or whatever happens during that transition to independence, that's what we're here for, essentially. 
Will, can you talk about why young adults should be mindful about the network and what kind of impact it can make on their lives beyond what Mary Jane just said? Absolutely. So young adulthood, we know as us being young adults currently, but even those who have grown up and had type 1 diabetes or who are approaching it is a time of great change in life, we can say safely, with or without diabetes. It's a tumultuous time, lots of lots going on. And we know that having diabetes makes that just a little bit more difficult. And it just brings one more consideration into life that people need to be aware of. And so the organization is really all about helping ease that transition and helping each person not have to reinvent the wheel and learn from the experiences of other people who are currently going through what they're going through. And I think a lot of people with with diabetes can relate to that. Even if you think about when you randomly meet someone out in the wild and you see them wearing a CGM or something, and you have this instant friendship with them, you know, there's just something about it that we all kind of understand and that it feels natural to have someone around who just gets that. And so that I think is really the key thing. And especially in the chapter network, we know that college is a busy, crazy time. You've got, you know, new classes and clubs and sports sometimes and like all kinds of stuff going on. And you're out on your own, usually for the first time potentially quite far away from home, you have, you know, to build a new support network and build a new network of friends. And so having people around who can understand this kind of, not all encompassing, but big part of life that touches a lot of parts of our lives can be can make all the difference. It can make the transitions just that much easier. So Will, what's your experience with the with type one diabetes and with the chapters? Yeah. So like I had said, I was diagnosed with type 1 in February of my senior year. So I pretty much skipped the whole childhood thing and went straight to college. I'd already committed to a college by the time I was diagnosed. There was no going back. We knew what was happening and it was coming. And so finding this community, especially online, made a really big difference for me in the process of sort of planning that out and learning how to do all of these things. And when I, when I got to school and I started my CDN chapter, I honestly was, it was a little bit of a selfish act in some ways because I needed someone to help me learn how to card count in a dining hall. I had no idea what I was doing. I was in so far over my head. And I just knew that if I knew even one other person, I would be doing better. And it ended up being that there was somebody on my hall who had it. And then the floor directly across from ours, there were two more. And so when we started looking around and opening our eyes and trying to find other people with diabetes to build this community, they just sort of came out of the woodworks and it really did make a big difference. And starting a chapter was one of the more rewarding things I did in my, in my undergrad years. So I'm really very glad that I got to be a part of it. That's so awesome. I just love how diabetes, like diabetics in the wild, once you meet one, they all just kind of start appearing. (laughs) Absolutely. And then you become friends with all of them and then you have a chapter. (laughs) Exactly. Yep, exactly. Mary Jane, what was your experience with type one in the chapters? So my experience was very different than Will's. (laughs) Um, Like I mentioned, it was November of my senior year of college. So it was all very new to me when I was diagnosed. And I had figured out that there was a chapter on campus. I even saw them doing events like where they had demo pods for people to wear. I was like, oh, that's interesting. I don't know anything about that. But really, I didn't know how important having that peer support was at the time. I was the person who didn't tell any of my friends for as long as I could. I didn't understand it myself, so I wasn't ready to share it with the world. But then fast forward a year or so after I was diagnosed, 
I find out there are people with diabetes on Instagram. I'm like, there are other people like me out here? And they're just like showing off their devices and living and thriving. So then I just dove in head first and, you know, started making Instagram friends, I guess, and connecting with people that way. So I think if I had had a little more time to warm up and adjust, I would have been following right in Will's footsteps. But I think the important thing to mention there is that while I wasn't ready, I still knew that the chapter existed. And I think a lot of college students feel that way when it comes to chapters. How did you actually get involved with working for the organization? On the on our young professionals page, I believe, from the website, there's a list of careers and job opportunities and fellowships. And I thought that maybe I would want to work in the diabetes field. So I just kept checking back occasionally. And the timing just worked out so perfectly that they were looking for another program coordinator. So I jumped at the chance and it was the best decision I could have made. I love that. Okay, switching gears a little bit, I want to talk about why is peer support so important for people with type 1 diabetes? And why is the organization's like mission relevant to that? Will, can you answer that? Definitely. So we know that there's some research out there. And we also know just from our own experiences that people who have access to peer support see overall improvements in their mental health and physical health outcomes. And we know that just having people around who understand what we're going through can take away some of that incredible sort of loneliness and burden and burnout. Because type 1, even though we have a strong community, it's still an individual experience. Like everyone's journey through type 1 is different and happens at different times. And it's ultimately down to you to take care of it. And so we know that sort of building that community and creating that place can make a huge difference for people who are like me and who wanted to jump right in head first. And for people like Mary Jane, who just felt better knowing that there was something there for her. And so we just, we just know that building these, building these chapters and building these online communities and connecting people helps make the journey easier. And so that I think is really the key, the key reason for our existence. I will say from personal experience that being connected to the community actually helped lower my A1C, which is something that I heard from Rob Howe from Diabetics Doing Things. He was telling Mm -hmm. me that there's actual evidence, like scientific evidence, that people who are more involved with the community aspect have lower A1Cs. And my A1C dropped dropped to 5.0% three months after we started this podcast. So anybody That's who's awesome. listening who doubts the veracity of these claims, you can just look at my A1C records. <laughs> wow. Okay, That's Jesse, awesome. let's start talking about chapters. Yeah, Mary Jane, can you answer what a chapter is? Absolutely. So the short version is that it's a diabetes club. The long version is that chapters are student-led, student-run organizations on college campuses for students who are impacted by diabetes. So that could include having type 1, type 2. Maybe you have a sibling or a roommate with diabetes. Maybe you're hoping to become an endocrinologist someday and want to get that personal experience and learn from those around you. But mainly, chapters are just a place to be around other people who get it. And I think that's really what Will was getting at. And generally speaking, they all look a little bit different based on the needs of that individual community. Maybe a college of 30,000 people will have a chapter that looks different than a small liberal arts school with one or 2,000 people, but they both serve equally important purposes. 
And generally speaking, what do you kind of chapters do on like a regular basis or, you know, what do they, what do they do for the campus or on the campus? <laughs> Again, I will say it all depends and it's very based on individual needs of the students in that chapter, but typically they're doing a range of activities. So casual meetups, whether that's going to dinner in the dining hall together, having a game night, um, studying so you can all beep together in the quiet room of the library, or maybe you're hosting a larger event where there's a fundraiser or you're doing some type of outreach to the local community, putting low stations in the gym. I will say that our strongest chapters have, or they're doing a combination of those things. So just hanging out, being together, and then also working towards a larger goal. And just for some like fun examples, this past academic year, we had some really cool events from our chapters. So for example, MIT hosted a tech event where they had representatives from Dexcom and Tandem and different glucagon companies share their new products, what they do. And again, this brought in not only students with diabetes, but students from MIT who are studying biomedical engineering and are hoping to become leaders in that field. So it's so cool how chapters doing these kinds of things can reach out into the broader community. We had another chapter host Kentucky Family Diabetes Day, which was a huge project for them, where the chapter organized, along with a local camp and some other representatives, a huge day for kids, their families, as well as college students to come learn from one another, listen to panelists, talk to other organizations like I had mentioned. So when chapters have the chance to host bigger events, it's it's really cool. And we, we're very proud of them, to say the least. That's so cool that like people are able to kind of come together and really support one another. And yeah, that's really amazing. And yeah, that's really cool. Okay. <laughs> so Will, how does one start a chapter? Yeah, so we're really excited to to talk a little bit more about how how chapters get started. The, sh- the short answer is you go to our website and we have a start a chapter form. And this helps us collect some basic information from you about who you are as a person, your contact info, the school you attend, and some other sort of key stuff that it helps us to know ahead of time. And then the very first step in the process is to set up a call with either myself or with Mary Jane. And during these calls, we kind of get to talk a little bit more about the logistics and the specific stuff. Because as Mary Jane mentioned, each chapter looks a little bit different, just like each each school looks a little bit different. So if you're open to it, we would love to walk you through what it might look like to set up a chapter at your school. Absolutely, because I am definitely planning on starting one because MSU doesn't have one quite yet. But we're going to change that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So what would the mock call kind of look like then? Yeah. So the first thing that we would do is go over some of the information that we've already talked about in this episode, a little bit about the background of the organization, a little bit about the background of you. But some of the really exciting stuff that I know people want to hear about is like, what do you do now, right? You filled out the form, we're on a call, what happens next? So one of the first questions that we always ask people is do you already know anybody else on campus who would be interested in helping you get this started? Actually, I do. There's another girl on the rugby team with me who also is type 1 diabetic. And we've talked about starting chapters before. So she's interested. I'm interested. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. So see, you just had a chapter of one and you've just doubled it to two. So that's a great start. We're moving in the right direction. 
I would always recommend people kind of think through their existing network. Even if you don't necessarily know anybody else on campus who has diabetes, you certainly have some friends on campus who know you. And so you've got to make sure that you're leaning into that existing network, even if it's maybe not as easy as just a teammate who have, who happens to have it already. Yeah. But that's a super great start. Awesome. That sounds good. All right. So we got people going and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, Mary Jane, do you want to talk about partnering with Campus? Yes. So there are different offices on campus that you can work with that can really help ease you into the process and help recruit members even. So we recommend connecting with the Disability Services Office or Accessibility Service Offices. There are different names everywhere. But essentially, this is the place where students with diabetes will be registered for accommodations. And while the office can't give you a list of those people because privacy is a thing, usually if they are kind enough to work with us, you can ask them to send out an email on your behalf to those students with diabetes saying, hey, I'm working on starting up this chapter, hoping to reach out to students with diabetes and connect or put information in their newsletter, things like that. So they're a really good partner to have on campus. Another person on campus that you might want to outreach is a faculty member, whether that's a close personal relationship you have with a professor. Maybe it's someone in the dining hall who you talk to all the time because you're asking about carb counts. A nurse, anyone in between who you have a relationship with. Jesse, do you have anyone that comes to mind when you think of someone who might support you? Definitely. There's a couple of um, professors that I have. Actually, there's, I made friends with one of the like check in people at our dining hall and he would, he's a homie right there. He's so awesome and answers a lot of the annoying questions that I have about the kind of the food that's being served that day. I love that. Even just a quick example, we had a student at Clark University, which is in Worcester. Um, she partnered with her dining hall to get food scales oh, wow. in all the dining hall areas. So that's just one example of how building that relationship from the beginning can really have a bigger impact on campus over time. Yeah. Awesome. Another thing that would be helpful in the process is researching how to become an organization on campus. While that's not something that we require specifically, it can be a lot easier if you're registered to hang up flyers, get a table, participate in some of those bigger events like an activities fair. And when you when you have that official status, it's a lot easier to get your foot in the door because sometimes colleges can have weird gatekeeping about what you can and can't do. But for students that find that really challenging or with schools that have some crazy rules for registering as an org, we can help work around it and find some loopholes that, that can help get your chapter off the ground. Will, do you want to talk about recruiting members? Definitely. So obviously, recruiting other people who are interested in joining your chapter is going to be sort of the biggest initial barrier. All of these other kinds of things are going to... Like, if you want to register to become an organization, they're going to say, well, do you have people who are interested? Or And if you want to get a community built, you've got to find these people. So outreach is a big, big thing. Like we mentioned... Partnering with the Disability Services Office can be really helpful in doing that because often they will be happy to help send an email out on your behalf, protecting everyone's privacy, but letting everybody know in one fell swoop that this club is happening. Other strategies that we highly recommend are 
diabetes in the wild. It's effective. It's not quick, but it's effective. You keep your eyes open and when you see somebody say, hey, flyers can be really effective. And now after the pandemic, everybody knows how to use a QR code. And so you can put a QR code on your flyer that leads directly to a sign-up form. And that way people don't have to take a picture of it or remember to email you. They can just scan the QR code and give you their name, email, phone number. And now you've got their info and you can let them know what's coming up next. Participating in re- like club recruitment fairs, a lot of at the beginning of the semester, and especially in the fall, a lot of schools will host a big tabling event for all of the registered clubs. If you're not a registered club yet, some there are some strategies that we can work with you to, to try to help get a table anyway. So if that sounds like you or anyone who's listening, please reach out. We have, we have all the tips and tricks, but also using your existing networks of people who you know. So professors that you know, professors in the school that you study in, a lot of schools will have the College of Humanities will have a newsletter and they're always looking for content. And if you come up with some content for them about your club, they will send it out for you. So just leveraging all of those things. And then a big one, obviously, is social media. Everybody's on there all the time. It looks a little bit different at every school, but we always recommend trying to check out the... Back in my day, I sound so old, but back in my day, there was a Facebook group that was class of 2020, whatever. And it was where all the freshmen would come in and ask, you know, like, am I allowed to have a coffee maker? What size sheets do I need? Like all the little first-year questions that they, that they ask. And if you can get in there and introduce yourself and just say, hey, this is who I am. And this is what I'm trying to do. I'm looking to connect with students with diabetes, especially first-year students are super keen to get involved in things. And you can easily find them there. And working with other clubs that may have an interest in helping you. So there's a lot of clubs and honor societies for nursing students, for example, or like student disability alliance clubs. Just kind of really thinking through the campus ecosystem and leveraging everybody who you know and who you think might be interested to get them to help you spread the word. How did those strategies sound to you, Jesse? Do those feel achievable? Does it sound overwhelming? What are your thoughts? Honestly, it's so exciting to like even start thinking about like, oh, this is actually doable. Like this, everything that you guys have said, I I know people I can get like sponsored by faculty members who also have an interest in diabetes and even the technology side of it. I'm a mechanical engineering major. So there's so many kids who are like so gung-ho on like the new tech or like this is what this is doing. And I'm definitely like, as you're, you guys are talking, I'm just constantly thinking of like, oh, I know somebody who would be interested in the, this aspect of the network and this aspect of like having these resources. And I never even thought about like, nursing schools or like people who would be, you know, actually working with diabetics, how this might impact them as well. So this definitely sounds doable. and It's very exciting. One other thing that I did want to mention while we were kind of on this is sometimes when students are starting chapters, it can be more challenging and they, you know, maybe they're having a hard time finding people who want to join. And complementary to the chapter network, which is in person, we recently started a Discord server, which is more of an online community where it's like a big group chat for people with diabetes, essentially. So not only is that a great place for online peer support, but there are tons of previous chapter leaders and alumni and other students starting chapters who are in the same boat who you can ask questions to. 
because as much great advice as I think that Will and I have, you can always learn more from the people who are in it. Absolutely. Yeah. It sounds totally doable. And I'm so excited. Awesome. I did also want to just briefly talk about the benefits of being a chapter that's affiliated with us. So for anybody who, out there who may already have a diabetes club, but isn't on our, on our rosters yet, and for people who are interested in getting it started, we have a lot of different things that we're able to offer our chapters in terms of support. So the first one is we give our chapters a $50 stipend per semester to spend on whatever club-related thing you need. So if you want to buy pizza, great. If you need to buy art supplies for an event, fantastic. You want to save it and spend it all next year, you do that. But that's money that is sort of for, for your club to use however you need it. We also provide access to grant money. So chapters that want to host individual events, like some of the events Mary Jane mentioned that were a little bit bigger. If you need a little bit of extra money from us to help make that happen on a case-by-case basis, we can approve up to $500 for events like that as well, along with sort of access to our staff time to help kind of coach you through the big event planning stuff that maybe, maybe students haven't done before. We also provide an email address for the chapter to use for official stuff so that you can have your email address publicly accessible on our website, but also protect your personal privacy. And it ensures that when it's time for you to graduate and pass the chapter down to the next person, all you have to do is give them that email and they have all of your PowerPoints, your rosters, your forms, your documents, all in that same place. So it's really good for sort of long-term continuity of your chapter. And then the biggest by far is access to our staff. So we have full-time staff dedicated to helping out our chapter network. And we're here to help with anything you might need. Event planning, meeting ideas, need me to read an email, draft before you send it, any of that stuff. Like That's what we're here for. And we're happy for chapter leaders to get in touch with us as much or as little as they need to, especially in those kind of beginning months as things sort of get set up. Am I missing yeah, anything, I- Mary Jane? I don't know if you're missing anything, but I really wish I had either known about the organization when I was in college <laughs> or like started one because I'm pretty sure that my college did not have a chapter. I feel yeah, it's you. a huge help. <laughs> I wish I was in one. One thing that I don't think you mentioned, Will, is outreach kits. Basically, we'll share with new chapters, t-shirts, buttons, pens, little giveaway, things like that. So they can represent the org, which is table always runner, table runner, all good stuff. Yeah, okay, those so are totally free. Sweet, you guys are definitely like setting up like kids like me who are college students like <laughs> me, not a child anymore, <laughs> to for success and yeah, just really setting us up for you know more of an adult environment even too. For sure, one of you speak to how. Or like give the disclaimer, I guess, that the process and the chapters are all going to look a little bit different. Yes, I'm happy to I'm happy to do that. <laughs> so if you would like to take the ideas that you heard in today's episode and run with them, please feel free to do that. But I will say every single college is, is very different. And the process for getting a chapter started at each place is also very different. So I strongly encourage people not to get discouraged if it's taking you a little bit longer to find other students. That's what we're here for. Fill out that start a chapter form, have a call with us, and we will kind of personalize our advice and give you the time that you're entitled to in getting this kind of set up and help you make the community that makes the most sense for your campus. Because it's all going to look different depending on where you are. 
we have a chapter at schools of 66,000 and chapters at schools of 1200 and obviously wide ranges in between. So that's what we're here to do is help build a community that makes the most sense for your situation. What's the best way for young listeners to connect with their local chapter or to start their own? Great question. So the best way would be by going to our website. Um, We have a page all about chapters. There's actually a map with lots of pins on it. So you can search for your school, see if there's a chapter there already. Um, There should be an email there where you can outreach them directly. And if you don't see a chapter at your school, we have a start a chapter form, which you can fill out. And then you get to go through this whole process again with Will or I. Easy. All right. And then what is the best place for listeners to connect with either you or the organization online? You can find us online at collegediabetesnetwork.org. That's where you can also sign up for our newsletter to get lots of up-to-date information or join our Discord server, that online community I mentioned. Anything else we should... Yeah. (laughs) I'm not sure if there's anything else that you could mention here, but I do want to now invite our listeners to consider this question. If you're a young adult, how could you get involved with your organization and use the network to your advantage? Please check out the website to find out what paths are open to you. Remember, you control your diabetes. It doesn't control you. Are you ready to feel better with type 1 diabetes without changing how you manage it? You too can go from resenting the highs and the lows to never again feeling like it's dragging your emotions behind the worst roller coaster ever. It starts with a free call. Ready to live your life without worrying about what your CGM says? Head to inspiredforward.com slash coaching to get started.